Hey, baby. Hey. Naomi and Andy here with yep. a quick cue slash request. Yes. So, okay, Acast is doing these audience surveys, okay? We put the link in the show notes. The link is going to be in the link tree on our on Instagram and everything like that. Here's the thing, Naomi. Yeah. You know, we're already pretty choosy about the ads right. that we allow on the show. No weapons manufacturers. Raytheon, get out of here. Yeah. Screw off, Raytheon. But we want to make sure that the ads are kind of tailored to y'all. Right. Okay? Right? Say you want to hear ads for a different world DVD box sets. We need to know that. We, we need can to go out that. to them. We can get the word <laughs> out. But we only can get the word out if you give us the word. So you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. Yeah. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right. Roll it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Open your hearts, loosen your butts, it's time for Couples Therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's, where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies, talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling, to messy situationships and conscious and coupling, from Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu, text sex regrets or feeling on your new jubu. They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah, needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it. It's up, up, up. everyone and welcome to couples therapy my name is andy and i'm naomi we're a real life couple a real life couple of comedians <laughs> and on couples therapy we answer a couple different questions from a couple different listeners we are on a time crunch naomi ordered some food for lunch <laughs> it is on its way can we finish this introduction before the food arrives that is the question I love that. This is the only kind of tension I can handle in my life. <laughs> can I get something done before food arrives? That is always, that's my race against time. This is our speed. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Naomi, you're Keanu. I am Sandra Bullock. Oh. Sandra? What? Sandra. <laughs> in which case, I'm Sandra. I'm Sandra Bullock. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Naomi, before we get into the episode, I just want to quick tell up. Tell the listeners a little story. Oh my god, of a, a cringy moment. Cringy moment. It's not even my fault. I know, but I'm saying it it's like very, what makes it yes. worse. Like it would be if it was your fault, then it would just be like, oh, this happened. Very, but it's even worse. Curb your enthusiasm type moment. Absolutely. Except I didn't deserve <laughs> what happened. <laughs> so I'm driving to pick up uh, Squee 
at the vet or something. I forget exactly what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going in there, honey. You know, we have so many animals. They're always going to the vet for something. They always got some. Okay. And so to get to the vet's parking lot, you have to turn onto this one street and then you turn to the parking lot, right? Absolutely. Uh, And so to turn, while I was going to turn onto that one street, there is a woman in a, I think they're called mobility scooters, right? And she's in the bike lane. So she is to my right. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. And so I slow down because I'm trying to let her go forward because she's not turning. So mm-hmm. she's going straight. I'm turning a right turn onto this street. And so I'm slowing down. And this has been like, listeners, let me tell you about the traffic in Los Angeles. <laughs> to go 10 minutes, it was basically took a half hour down the Sunset Boulevard. Have you heard of it? And the person behind me, I think, was so fucking like tired of the traffic. Yeah, me really just slowing down to wait for this woman to go enraged them. Yeah, and they honked their horn for at least fifteen seconds. I want to say thirty seconds yeah. of just laying on the horn. Oof, oof. Uh, and I'm like, I'm like, what do you want me? What's the thing you want me to do? Run this woman over? Exactly. So basically, I get to the corner now. I've slowed down. And all this is happening within, again, 10, 15 seconds, right? I slow down, and I'm going to make the right, and I I stop, right? I make the... You you know how you make like a little bit of like a turn in? Yes, of course. But you stop? Yeah. So I think the woman thought both that I, I was the one honking at her. Of course. And that I was like about to like cut her off. So she stops in front of the like the edge of the car, Ugh. pulls her mask down, and starts screaming at me. Oh my god, that is terrible! <laughs> and, and impotently, I put up my hands like the shrugging emoji, and I go, "I wasn't the one who honked." Oh my god, was she an older lady? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, she gave no fucks. No. She was real mad. I'm surprised because I thought when she heard the horn, I for some reason my first, I'm like, I bet she like gave him the finger you know like i just see somebody but no she was like i'm gonna cuss your ass out yes and but, she was like leave me alone i'm in a jazzy mm. <laughs> do you remember what she said she's like what the fuck is your brush you know she was screaming I mean, she was cussing yeah, yeah, me out of she course like, well, why are you fucking honking at me and just like yelling like yeah yeah i just like froze it and like people because because everyone's like frozen where they are like people in their cars are st- are like staring oh, at me no. and i'm like i didn't do it oh god it's See, the guy behind i'm like pointing with my thumb it's the guy behind me was she looking at you yes. during the honking no i couldn't tell what she was doing because she was behind me as i'm like going in front and then i kind of like do a slight thing and again when i do that little turn i'm not in the bike lane so, right, 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 right. Because again, look, uh, no offense, lady. Uh, sidewalk. You don't right? need that, but that, you don't need to add that, Andy. <laughs> because what I was thinking was, if she had looked at you when that guy's like laying on the horn, I would have just like had my hands up, just to be like, look, I can't be the one. Look at my hands, hands up, baby, well, I didn't hands think, up. I did. I thought she would be able to tell that it was the person behind me honking and not me because of right the proximity of the sound but, but i don't think she's she, paying attention who knows yeah exactly oh my so, god that is very terrible i've been living with that i know for days. so i hope that in saying on the podcast you do release it mm-hmm. in a way because you need freedom mm-hmm. from this because yes. oh, i can imagine i can like my stomach goes in knots just hearing it yes reliving jet blue flight oh god i thought about that recently too like a day or so ago where i was like oh my god that guy being like your dog mm. shit on my gosh shit on my daughter's shirt mm. and i'm mm. like what so okay one thing though we have an update now. i love, I update. love updates i love an update i love updates do you remember in rory's episode someone called in yep They're talking not. about being a bit boy They're being a bit boy. how can i be real okay here we go hi andy and naomi this is mara i am the bit boy from 
uh, Rory's episode a couple weeks ago. Uh, I just wanted to give you guys an update on how I've taken your advice. I have not started microdosing shrooms, but I'm keeping that in mind. I have been um, – something that I've been doing is that um, I'm not fake laughing at men anymore and their jokes, um, including even on dating apps, because I just will ins- – if I think that they're not funny, uh, typically I would just like make myself laugh and continue the conversation. Um, but I've stopped doing that. And so recently I told a man that I did not think his message was funny, um, because it was making light of the situation in Russia and Ukraine. And I didn't think that that, and it just also wasn't a good joke. It just, it wasn't a good joke. And I told him that I didn't think it was funny, and uh, he asked me then to rewrite the joke, so I did. Um, and then he told me that he is a comedian and that I am just a bystander um, and that uh, comedy is not subjective. Comedians are just good at comedy. Um, so I was just wondering if you guys had anything to say about that one. All right, thanks. <laughs> I think that's an update. Not really. Oh, thanks, guys. See, that's an update trying to pose as another question. I think we saved this person from dating a shithead. (laughs) Well, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm like, well, we know that person's trash. But also the moment she said, I'm done fake laughing at men, I said, well, honey, if that's all that you got out of this, Mm -hmm. my work here is done. Mm -hmm. The Lord's work, I've accomplished (laughs) something that can last me my whole life long. I say we've saved this person. I think their soul, (laughs) their body, everything. Her mind. their, Their entirety. We have saved them with our advice. Because to both give up laughing at unfunny dudes, yep. Because you think you're supposed to be coquettish <laughs> or whatever, right? Give that shit up, and 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 this person did. And to someone who says comedy is objective, oh, that's a shithead. That's like some <laughs> Ayn Rand fuckwit. So oh, good. If we helped you not date that person and waste some of your mortal precious life, then I think we've done the Lord's work here. Naomi, I wanted to let the listeners know that my food has arrived. Oh no! So we didn't do, we didn't make it, but we did pretty close. Who was our guest today? Well, I don't want to rush because he's the best part of this. Okay, our guest is none other than the brilliant, talented Robin Lord Taylor. Oh my God! He is an actor that we love ever since we saw him on Gotham. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you watched that. He's also on Kevin Can Fuck Himself, as well as Law and Order: Organized Crime. Yes, there's a new Law and Order. And we love it. So strap in and listen to the kind gentleness of the wonderful Robin Lord Taylor. Roll it. Now, Robin. Yes. Can we please for a moment just talk about Iowa as a place, as a concept? As someone who grew up in Harlem, New York, you know, I think of these the middle of the country is very exotic. And just and we were looking we were looking it up and it looked like you were in the real tiny part of Iowa too like the real Iowa Iowa I, I I yeah pretty much although I would say like you know I did grow grow up uh just 15 minutes away from Iowa City which is where the University of Iowa is which is you know a big 10 you know I don't know 40,000 students a year it's a huge huge midwestern place with the you know and they have the amazing writers workshop and so it's actually like a super, oh. super progressive, okay. it's just a very, very progressive island in a sea of red. 
Um, the, you know, consistently over the years, they've had a socialist government in city government. You know, it's like it's a very, very, you know, liberal enclave. So in that regard, I was like really I was very fortunate in that, you know, we were I wasn't, you know, isolated in the middle of nowhere as, you know, the further west you get, the more, you know, the much more spread out and and hi, kitten. Hello. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so much Please more tell. spread out and, 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 uh, and, you know, just very uh, non-progressive it, it becomes, but, yeah. um, but, you know, still at the same time, you know, it's like, it, it changes from town to town. Like I went to a very, I went to school in a very small town, class of 75 kids and, you know, it's a public school, about maybe 2,500 people lived in that town when I was there. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, it was scary. It was scary at times. It was very, it was very, uh, conservative closed-minded place mm. um even though we were 10 minutes away from yeah. iowa city you know so it's like it right. would change from town to town and then you go to another town north and there's a college there so that's a more progressive town it's just mm. you know it's very different and it is very much you know unfortunately because of other factors you know it's swung more red but when i was growing up it was always one election it would go one way another the other way you know it just it, it was mm. very much the bellwether in the middle which you know, as you know, I know I don't know I don't know if the system necessarily works anymore, but um, back then it really did, in a way, make sense that that was where the caucus was. You know what I mean? Like, like that was where sort of like the it, you know like the candidates sort of you know made their first big splash, because it was such a you know it it such a very unpredictable place, and 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 you could also get, you can and still to this day you can get FaceTime with actual people you know, in ways that you can't in bigger states. But again, I don't know. There's make them eat. We know what's going on in this. (laughs) Right. Totally deep fried, whatever the hell. I don't know. Yeah. Hog snouts. Hog snouts. Yeah. Hogs. Big deep fried hog assholes or something. (laughs) Uh, Of course, the (laughs) Iowa city workshop, famously the workshop that broke Hannah Horvath, Lena Dunham's (laughs) character. On girls. Season, yes. What was that, season yes, three? indeed. <laughs> indeed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's an, you know, it's an amazing place for, for, you know, the creative stuff. And I did like theater in there and, you know, so I, yeah, again, I was, I was very fortunate. Now Hannah Horvath couldn't hack it, but you could. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. No, I couldn't even hack it. I went to Northwestern. I got out like the second I graduated from high school. I was out. I was out when I turned 18, you know, but- never looked back. Okay, look, I've heard of class of 75, 1975, but class of 75 kids? That's so small. How do you... <laughs> that was such a good segue. I love that. That was, that was smooth as soap. <laughs> how do you... How do you be you in, a cla- in like, 75 people? That seems uh, prohibitively small. Seems very, like, uh, everyone's eyes are on each other. Everyone's in each other's business. Yeah. It's true. And, you know, again, like, you know, I was I was in band, I was in theater, I was, you know, in, you know, AP English and, you know, doing all of those things. And like, you know, I found like one of my very best friends. I went to I was in high school and elementary school the entire time. And she still she still is one of my dearest friends. So, you know, I, I was able to find people. But and then at the same time, though, but, you know, being gay back in the 90s in Iowa was not, you know, was not a safe thing to be. And I spent a lot of the time just sort of, and I was also, I was, I was dealing with, you know, 
self-esteem issues and I wasn't a very uh, physically active kid. So I, you know, I was like, you know, in a, in a, in a town that only really loved sports. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was dealing with that um, and, you know, being a late bloomer and all that stuff, <laughs> you know, it was all playing into this wonderful, horribly awkward phase of my life. But um, so, you know, like, you know, there were times where like, I feel like, you know, in some ways I really tried to make myself disappear as like a somewhat of a, as a, as a defense mechanism. You know, I just didn't want, I, I, I didn't want to be beat up. I didn't want to be bullied. So I did the best that I could to sort of disappear. And then I always, this sort of how I sort of feel like I found acting in that, like, you know, when I got, I was able to put myself out there, but through you know, the convention of theater through the convention of character, you know, to put, to be able to sort of express sides of myself that I could get away with because it was someone else's lines. It was someone, you know, like Mm -hmm. it was really an outlet for my self-expression back then. And I really think that that was why it it just, yeah, why why I just connected with that and why I'm doing it to this day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like playing Nathan Hotel in Guys and Dolls. What's the guy's name? (laughs) That's right. No, no, no. It was uh, who did I do? I played uh, uh, Hugo Peabody in Bye Bye Birdie. <laughs> okay. I played um, who else? I was like a townsperson in Cinderella. <laughs> I was L- L- Lieutenant Cable in uh, South Pacific. You know, uh-huh. yes, just really expressing. Express. <laughs> oh my gosh! Through those legendary characters, yeah. Now look, we know you're an acting star. That's not the part of the journey we care about. We want to know about these relationships, Hedy. We want to know about <laughs> these datings. You know what I mean? As you said, like you got out of I. I assume there wasn't much, you know, dating in in what high school. Was there? Let's go there. Did you date in high school at all? I did not date in high school at all. But then, of course, I didn't come out until my freshman year of college. Mm-hmm. So I left and then came out. Came back home for the holidays. Told my friends that I was gay. Two of my friends came out to me right then, too. And so I was like, y- y'all, we could have been, you know, like, there may have been something there. Um, but, uh, you know, we were all gay at this, you know, and we honestly had no idea. I had no idea that they that they were gay. Um, or, sorry, excuse me, queer. Because uh, I, I, yeah. Uh, so, um, but, but yeah, and so, no, there was nothing happening there. It wasn't until, yeah, until I came to Northwestern. Mm-hmm. And, uh... I was the ASM uh, assistant stage manager on a show as part of my crew requirement. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was an actor in the show, and he was a senior. <gasps> Scandal. <laughs> and, uh, and anyway, I just be, I fully, fully fell in love with him. Mm. And I uh, had a full crush. And then finally, at the end of the run of the show, I like, you know, expressed myself. And we actually became my, my first boyfriend, only for like three months. But enough to be the reason why when I went back, you know, I went I went home on the holidays and came out to my sister and my friends, wasn't ready to tell the parents, mm-hmm. went back to Northwestern, started a relationship with someone. And then I was like, I need to tell my parents, you know, I'm 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 very, very close with my mom. She's, you know, a true dear friend of mine. <laughs> so, you know, not being able to tell her about this was just not part of the, the deal. So. Yeah. So, yeah. So. So because of Derek, like I was able to like have the, the, just the, the impetus to get, to, to find the courage to tell my parents that I was gay. Yeah. Are you still friends with Derek to this day? I am. Yes. Yeah. Derek lives in, he lives in New York. He, uh, he's a, he's a YA author. His name is Derek Millman. Um, he's 
wonderful and, and very talented, doing very well in the YA literature <laughs> uh, field. And so, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. So anyway, he's, he's great. ASM, YA, so many acronyms today. <laughs> giving me such like old timey right now intro i am giving acronym (laughs) well but that sounds like though it was a good that's positive reinforcement meaning you know you finally you're out and then your first kind of crush where you're like hey can we do this they're they're like yep and i feel like that's very good because then you're like all right i'm out here i can do this i can be dating you know um who was your first crush naomi Oh my god! You're I can't name that. No, no, I'm saying I can't remember. It would have been kindergarten, sure. You know what I mean? Like I was always thinking somebody was cute. Okay, hold on. Did you? Did either of you have crushes before any human crushes? Crushes on like television characters? Kirk, fucking Cameron. Sorry, can I say fuck? Yes. <laughs> Kirk, fucking Cameron. I was obsessed, and I didn't know exactly what this feeling was. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to, like, I had a dream about him when, and I still, I don't somewhat remember this dream. And it wasn't a sex dream. It was, I was still too young for that. But it was like, we were like, like best friends and like mm. very hanging out. And this is, you know, obviously growing pains was yep. you know, a yep. huge thing. And I wrote him a letter like, saying, hey, I would love to, like a fan letter to Kirk ah! Cameron. The only time I ever did that. <laughs> anyway, he'd lo- he he would he would love this. Story. You, you know, he, he would just he would love this. <laughs> yes, and of course, like you said, gro- I just want to make this clear: it's Growing Pains era and not Left Behind era. <laughs> yes, Cameron. yes. Thank you, thank you so much for clarifying. Yes, this is, yeah, this is. I just yeah. wanted to underline <laughs> that. Okay, Naomi. What about you? I, I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm not going to not answer this as well. Okay. Just well, so then you know, I'm not. I'm not leaving you guys out to hang. So okay, I remember early on, early Usher, like Usher's first album when I feel like he was like 14 or 15, and he was out here just buttery voiced and dancing, and I was like, ah! I remember being very into Baby Usher, and not understanding, and then the other one, so it was like Usher and Jonathan Brandis. Do you remember Ladybugs, guys? Of course, Ladybugs, and he was also he was in that. Um, there was like an underwater show, like that Spielberg pro- like uh, produced yes, or like something. Sea it was like a sci-fi like Seagate or something. Yeah, yeah, Seagate sea or something. something. Yeah, yeah, they need to see, they need to see <laughs> something. Yeah. Oh my god, I told. Oh yeah, Sequest. 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 I I, I, yes. I, I also enjoyed it. some. Some Jonathan Brandeis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want the listeners to know I pulled that out of my head. I did not look that up. Yeah, so you just amazing. knew about Sequest. That was great. <laughs> Sequest DMS, DMV, something. Anyway. Who's uh, your person? So, Tila from He-Man. The That's cartoon the character, character Tila. Oh. And, I, and I coveted the act. So I had the action figure. Uh-huh. And I remember hi- my parents had a, like, just decorative little box thing in the living room. Mm-hmm. Uh, Naomi, the living room, the one where, uh, just for guests. Okay, yes, yes, yes. With those the, old 70s chair, like, yes, the chairs. Yes, the fancy one. The yeah. fancy one, yes. yep. <laughs> and I would hide it in there, because I coveted it. Oh, uh, this, is, this is four-year-old Andy, maybe five-year-old. <laughs> it was like, like a, it was a woman. <laughs> <laughs> and you had to keep her in a box, so mm. no one would touch her. Well, that's why I voted for Mitt Romney. <laughs> if it's not in binders, it's in a box. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh 
my god. No, so I also had Tila. And I loved the Tila doll because I played with Barbies when I was a little boy, and then I was shamed out of doing that. Oh, no. And but I could have Tila because Tila came with He Man and Battle Cat and Skeletor. I had the whole shebang, mm-hmm. and I, so then I could finally have like a female doll and not have to feel, you know, be shamed for it. So yes, I I'm very <laughs> familiar with the Tila. She had that beautiful plastic yeah. thing, and yeah. And my sister had she my sister had Shira, and I always like secretly play with Shira, and then yeah, you know, yeah. Shira and Tila would have a. Spy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Any was there any Skeletor in your penguin? <laughs> and he's. You know, probably. I mean, I don't, you know, I not like intentionally, but I'm sure like, you know, if you spend like your entire life watching, watching a comic book genre stuff, you know, animation and then the Tim Burton movies and all that stuff. Also, the the um, the original uh, Batman mm-hmm. I watched every day after school. It's just in there, you know. It's like I don't know. I, I'm maybe not intentionally playing it out, but I'm, sh- you know, I'm. You, you can't help but be inspired, and then you find yourself. That's what I was to say. I was. You find yourself on a set of a show like that, and it's just like, yeah, all of that, you know, finds its way out somehow. So yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> I always say it's actually a lot of that. A lot of that performance is um, Sally Field uh, from Soap Dish. I feel like a lot of that character is based on Celeste Talbot and how, you know, and especially like, you know, those anguish, like frustrated moments. I think I, I, I know that I definitely lifted directly from Sally Field. (laughs) Huge, legendary, like incredible influence on me. So not even kidding. That is so good. We we were, Andy and I were always saying, we wish there was just like Penguin and Mom spinoff. Just you and Carol Kane, just out here in this oh life. I would watch. We must take yes. that out. Make that. It, we have to. Just those characters. You can rename them if if uh, WB <laughs> won't give up. The, won't, won't okay it. But just you and Carol Kane, a two. Exactly. Uh, Come on. I mean, she. Okay, she lives. Uh, we both live on the Upper West Side. We can share a van to work. I mean, <laughs> let's do it. We have to. Like, we have come to. on. Oh, that's so... Hollywood, you listening? You listening, Hollywood? Totally. Totally. Um, Now, you had said before we had started that you are in, like, just like a... You're in between apartments right now, where you're staying in a little hotel-y type situation while your apartment gets worked on. And Mm -hmm. you also said uh, you and your partner learn about each other in this process. Now, totally. how long have you been in this, in your current relationship? I met Dickie uh, in 2004, April oh. 1st, 2004. I, we met at a commercial audition. We both did not get the job <laughs> so that we could then run into each other that weekend at the bar. And the rest is history. Yeah. And so, yeah, we've been together and, you know, we, we didn't live together for the first maybe two two and a half so years mm-hmm. um but we spent basically every day together and then um every night you know he basically lived with me and and, and billy eichner mm-hmm. who was my roommate at the time and then um yeah and then dickie and i moved in together in 2006 and we've been living together ever since so wow. yeah but we've never lived through a renovation before and let me just tell you <laughs> that whew, like really especially when one person in the relationship me knows absolutely 
dick shit nothing about <laughs> anything, how anything works uh-huh. or any of that. So, you know, we learn just just how <laughs> after, especially after how many years is this to be 18 years, I yeah. think, like how I would be just basically <laughs> completely lost, lost, lost without him at this point, you know? Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, what do you think is what's harder? Do you think? Do you think a renovation is harder than lockdown? <laughs> you know, I, I, I do. I actually really do because, like, again, like, well, you know, like, like he and I have lived together in one bedroom apartments. You know, like, like five, six hundred square feet apartment for years, and ever, never had a problem. Like, we just like we cohabitate very, very well together, um, and always have, and so, um. But you know, and so and you know, and so, so the the lockdown, although horrible for everybody, you know, yeah. we just it, it, we were able to get through it just fine. Um, but the renovation, you know, it's just like not having that that you know where everything is in flux, mm-hmm. all of your stuff is stuffed in a room to the ceiling. You know, it just it, you know, like it just the the foundation. And I'm also just a, a very much well, we both are just very nesting people. Mm-hmm. Like we just really love to make a, a a home and like you know a comfortable place to be um and uh yeah so that so this last year has been tough oh look, sorry mm-hmm. not, it hasn't been a year yet but it almost feels like it. it's like seven months or something so it's been tough but you know how but anyway <laughs> are you it's a slip Oh no! I was gonna ask: Are those your Iowa roots? Where you're like, I want to nest. <laughs> you know, kind of. I mean, I think it's. I I definitely get it from my parents. Like my parents were always like, yeah, they, yeah, they were very much like that. And even when we would go on vacation, it was always like we have to be in a place with a kitchen because we have to make our own food and make a like, you know, like like we lifted our life and <laughs> just put it in a you know tropical, gorgeous place for a week or something. <laughs> you know, there's very much like that, and so I carried that. Uh, from them for sure yeah yeah so were you always someone who like well now i mean my god 18 years my goodness and you're such a young you're such a young man so it's like were oh you, stop <laughs> <laughs> but were you always you wanted to be in a settled relationship do you booed know what I mean? up yeah booed up you always wanted to be booed up or were you like I w- i'm trying or did new york break you after a few years and you said honey just take me now <laughs> i i have always been very much a a a monogamist you know or or like or or just been like you know in i i've always been in relationships mm-hmm. like all through college and then you know when i first moved here i had a boyfriend for a couple of years before i met dicky and then yeah i never loved the the you know the going out and <laughs> the slutting around and you know like it just wasn't my thing and and not that it's a yeah, shameful yeah, yeah. thing or a bad thing yeah. for me it was just you know it's just part of I don't know it just it yeah I didn't I didn't enjoy it um it's a lot and, you of know bother. I was kind of thinking but it's a lot of bother and also I'm thinking too like it's interesting like now that I'm older and I look at you know younger gays coming like becoming adults and like you know. Um, I'm in my 40s and like seeing the next, you know, the younger millennials and, mm-hmm. you know, Gen, Gen, whatever, Z behind <laughs> that, I don't even know, <laughs> whatever, uh, and, you know, like seeing like how the culture has changed. And it's like when I was growing up because of AIDS, mm-hmm. sex was equated with death yeah. and like sex was like this, like it was, you know, I would, you know, you would 
I would hook up with someone I didn't know and I'd come home and I'd be like looking for lesions on my body. Like that's exactly like, and I'm not even kidding. Like that's just because mm-hmm. of the climate that, that I came up in. And I, you know, I think about like my generation and also of course the generation before where it's like, you know, you're, it's hard enough to be gay and like to have to like present that. And it's like when we were coming to into our sexual selves, like it was, yeah, it was like essentially I had to tell my mom, like, I'm gay. And then she would be like, I'm afraid you're going to die. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was immediately that was the next thought. And that was the next part of the conversation. And that was a reason why it was so hard to come out, because it's like I didn't want to like freak them out or like have to like, you know, put this, you know, put that on them as well, you know, like, mm-hmm. so, so, you know, it's like, so it's interesting. So like, yeah, thinking back, I mean, it kind of makes sense why in some ways that I was so much, you know, I did have relationships and was committed to, you know, in committed relationships. Um, yeah. So I don't know if that has something to do with it, but it's interesting oh, to talk definitely. about. Oh, you 100%. guys were my, my new therapists. hundred <laughs> no, percent, no, because that's the way I am. And I, it's not... Uh, it's not the exact same thing, but when I was growing, uh, like I think we're around the same age, and sex equaled death, and yeah, so we all grew mm-hmm. up with but, that AIDS education. But mm-hmm. uh, somehow in my mind, I was like, well, if I'm in a monogamous relationship, it's okay. <laughs> I don't know why my mind thought that was like safe, but it did, and so I, so I was just serious of, until like grad school maybe, and I did a little bit of you did a little bit of hoeing, just a little bit. Oh, I would not even call it <laughs> hoeing. Little- I would call it. <laughs> I would call it just uh, shorter monogamous relationships. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah, totally. Was, I grew up like very, I remember being like, I am saving myself for marriage. Cause I was no, like, so what? yes, we've been through this. I was like, I don't remember that. And then honey, that went out the goddamn window. The first time someone was like, I love you. Okay. And it was like, You're like, like, exactly. Like, Thank you. But that was in college, <laughs> but it was, but then I remember it's a smooth line. I love you. Classic. classic. <laughs> um, but I remember, you know, after graduating, being back in New York and like going out. And I mean, I was out there. I was out in these streets. OK. And I call them the streets, honey. No matter where you are, you're, you're just out in these streets. And I remember there being this feeling of like, you can't like go home with people or go far with people sexually because it's like, now we don't quote unquote know people as though the people on a college campus have somehow been vetted. I don't know them either. I don't know their test results. You know what I'm saying? But I thought, okay, that's fine. Like we'll be okay. And then, and then when I got out into New York and I was like, Ugh. so it was a lot of like making out. I was doing a lot of public makeouts. <laughs> the quad <laughs> yeah, sure. protected yeah. you in college. The, yes. As long as there was a quad around. Exactly. I was like, okay, then they must, we must be safe. Mm. But, but I was very, but it's, a, but I was always like, trying to get a boyfriend you know what i mean even though mm-hmm. it was just like yeah we're gonna like make out on the dance floor of this gross ass east village bar Do- wait you lived in new york do you remember yeah, which one niagara it was like on seventh oh. day <laughs> oh, yeah totally oh my god i think we would go there like i, I i've definitely been there yeah. But you know, yeah, like the, when we would do like the East Village like gay crawl, we would also go, you know, we go everywhere. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> around the corner from the Phoenix, there you go. Oh God. Where was the bar you and Dickie met? Dickie and I met. Okay, so we met at. Um, I, so there was a restaurant called The Park on Tenth Avenue between Eighteenth and Nineteenth mm-hmm. in Chelsea, mm-hmm. 
Um, and it was like, and, and in the early aughts on Sunday nights, they would have the big party, which was called the ramble at the park. And so, you know, and it was like, you know, the whole restaurant, which was like a giant, it was like a three level, it used to be a parking garage, which is why it's called the park. Oh, wow. So it's ah. like, it was like a very big, like sort of industrial space that they had, you know, put trees in mm-hmm. and made it a nice, whatever. So, um, so we would go there for every for like three years in a row, like, you know, many Sundays, Billy Eichner and I would be like strolling on through. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and that's where we met. There was a hot tub up on the roof, which oh, I never went into. Right? <laughs> Ugh, I, I can't imagine. I, 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 I avoided that area completely because I knew that something untoward was happening there. <laughs> I was just like, you know, I don't, I don't need to see that. <laughs> but um, but it was funny. Yeah, it was it was there when I looked over and I because I I had met him at an audition. And I had no idea he was gay, and we had just talked about anything. And I looked over and I saw him, and I and it was the first time I uh, that I had seen someone from that world out of the closet and at the gay bar. And I was like, you know, because again, mm-hmm. it was like two thousand four. Like you didn't really if you were on film and TV and you don't, you, you, you weren't as uh, forthcoming as actors can be these days. Um, uh-huh. But, anyway, but anyway, so yeah, so I saw him and I was like, oh, I have to, I have to say hello. This is a, this is great. Like, you know, and so I went over and said hello and, and we had a great conversation, did not exchange phone numbers again. What? Um, and then I know, I know. And then, so, and, and then it was maybe three weeks later, or something when he lived on he lived on 28th 20, 20th between uh-huh. uh, 7th and 8th and Billy and I lived on 30th between 8th and 9th so Billy and I were walking up 8th Avenue uh-huh. going home he was walking down 8th Avenue <laughs> going home we met had a talk finally exchanged numbers and then here we wow. are we had our we had our first date on uh yeah april 1st oh my wow. god that's very meant to be that mm. you ran into him on the street even though yes, second that's the it, second run after right. the audition right you count that it, that's it, three it, runs well, yeah totally i mean it's like it's so it really feels i mean i don't know it it, it it feels like yeah it was definitely meant to be i feel like if you believed in that kind of thing this would be a good example <laughs> of you know someone like putting us in each other's you know paths mm-hmm. you know because it's yeah, it just it was just was a perfect fit yeah. from from the from the jump. Oh, I was just gonna ask, were you and Billy hanging out at Madison Square Garden every weekend? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, we would go to yeah we would go hang out, just watch. Yeah, well, no, we oh my god, we saw like Madonna, like at least three Madonna concerts there. Oh. Billy took me to saw Bette Midler there oh, wow. uh, when she was doing like one of her like big last uh, arena tours. Um, which was amazing. She was riding on a she was riding on a a merry go or what are they uh, merry go round horse or whatever yeah, a carousel situation it, a carousel yes, horse yes, yes and yes. it got it got stuck in the middle of the air <laughs> at her show and she was like you never know what that it probably was on purpose but she played it off like it was just an accident and it was it was very exciting so anyway that's what Billy and I were doing in West Chelsea more like bet mid air. <sighs> <laughs> happening today what is happening but, uh, today it's because you it's because you're nervous because robin's cool and we love him and so now you're doing puns it. i get it i get it we all go on a journey mm-hmm. honey but i see you mm-hmm. <laughs> yes we've been together for 12 years so she does know me i know i know yes. what you're doing but okay but you said it was like you know really easy from the jump um i don't believe that um, because, <laughs> you know, 
we're actors, we're delicate, we need constant reinforcement. And as someone who also didn't do any kind of dating or anything in high school, it still felt like I missed a couple of like basic, the basic learning of how to communicate with a person and say like, I don't like that or I need that. And it took me a lot longer to figure that out and this sweet, delicate angel here, he went through what? We would say the first year. We always say our first year was V tumultuous. I say six, first six months. That's my... I say year, honey. <laughs> so, I mean, y'all, obviously y'all fell for each other hard, but was it, were you really just that chill? Are you just like, yeah, we're, we're in love. We're boyfriends. Come on, let's stay in my house. I, yeah, I mean, kind of, I, yeah, we kind of were just because like, well, I mean, I had been through, you know, a couple of relationships, long-term relationships, um, that, you know, some were okay. And some like, maybe if life had been a little bit different, would have carried on in some way. And one, the one was really bad and, you know, and that was somewhat what I was coming out of when I met, when I met Dickie, mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, so yeah, so in some ways, like, and maybe it was because I just, I had just spent, you know, a couple of years in a very uh, dysfunctional, uh, controlling relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and then to like, come out of that, and then, and then, you know, it was just, it's a very, you know, as anyone who's been in that kind of situation, you know, it's just you learn so much about yourself and what you're willing to stand for. And you don't really know, especially when you're, I think I was 22 or 23 right. yeah. when I was in this, when I was in this, uh, this, uh, I, I hate saying bad cause nothing's bad, but uh, this, uh, dysfunctional relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, 22, 23, what the fuck do you know about anything? And it's yeah. like, you know, it's like, yeah, I, I needed that. I needed to learn like what my, you know, where I begin and someone else, where I end and someone else begins, you know what I mean? In a relationship, yeah. like what, and, uh, you know, in some ways, yeah, it's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's like the most trite thing to say, <laughs> but you know, you have to go through that hard shit just to really, to, so that you know what works after that. You know what I mean? Like I, so in that regard, I guess in some ways we were lucky cause I, you know, I, I was ready for that mm -hmm. and, and, and so is he. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe that, that, fine, that probably fine, is fine. Fine, fine, Robin. It was good. It was going well. You've been thriving. Well, no, you can you can get that right. Like the, I wouldn't say like any of my relationships were bad necessarily before mm -hmm. you, but they certainly most of them were dysfunctional in some way, <laughs> right? Uh, otherwise, I would have still been with them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that primed me to like recognize what did seem to even in a tumult even through the tumultuousness be like oh there is something here worth hanging on to yeah 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 well and also don't get me wrong we have gone through like tough moments where we're both yeah. like you know and again and this business is not i know designed for a stable life I and know. and <laughs> it, yeah, yeah and so um so yeah there have definitely been times where it's been it's been more difficult but you know, it was always that thing where it's like, if I went away for a job for a couple of months, like, I just missed him so, like, like it felt like part of me, you know, it was just, it, yeah. it, life didn't feel right. It just felt mm -hmm. like it wasn't as bright. It wasn't as fun, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I under, I understand that. When Andy first moved, he got the first LA job and 
it was like, so he left. You know, we had been living together. And I tell you, when this man left, you would have thought I was a war widow. I said, I'm standing by the window waiting. (laughs) Totally. It's like, oh, God. I remember I was freaking the fuck out before you left. Like, when he got his first job, I was like, He's going to leave me. This is going to be his chance to like take it, you know, like be in like be in the biz. He's going to realize he doesn't have to put up with my shit. And like he's going to go he's going to go and find somebody. And I feel like right before you were leaving and like with every job, right? It's always like a week's notice, two weeks notice if you're lucky. And so he was so it was really kind of rushed. It came out of nowhere. It was like, "Okay, I'm going to go right on the show." And I remember just like the crying wouldn't stop. Mm. You had to pack through all of my tears. Do you remember I went to the bathroom at a I, restaurant? Yeah, I was going to say that. We were uh, we went to dinner with my friend Tabitha, and then I think you went into the bathroom to cry at one point. And it was obviously there a long time. That's, like, rude to the other patrons. I was, like, really... <laughs> I was, like, in it. And I was like, oh, God. So... Oh, but look! But look at us! Look yeah. at us all now on the other side. Look at us now, you know? and and isn't it isn't it funny too? Like like back then, like I mean, how long was that job? Was it like six months? Like was it? We talking months? Were we talking three months? Yeah. It was a late night, so you know, three 12, months. twelve week cycle. Three months. <laughs> okay, so yes, I and I had my first big job in L.A. I, you know, and I went out there and it was three months and like, I was say I said goodbye to Dickie as I like got in the cab to go to the airport. And it was like, I'm trying to think it was like, I, I bridges in Madison County when she's like driving away and like looking at the window and like making a million faces. And like, was like, it was like that. And I was like, and I remember the cab driver was like, was like, was like it, it'll be okay it'll be okay <laughs> he was like he was like how long are you going away for it was so sweet it was like like yeah like at 8 30 in the morning yeah. this cab driver be like be like how long are you going away for i was like three months he was like three months is nothing he was like my oh. wife lives in india and like you know like it was like it was just a classic new york moment i'm yeah. like okay <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> Oh God, I miss New York. So funny. I miss strangers so having funny. to talk you down. Ah, in general, yeah. <laughs> it, it is such a thing. It is like I've never experienced it anywhere else. Yep. Anywhere. Yep, I know. That's why I live here. That's why I could was you know I could never, I could never live anywhere else. You know. I know. Yeah. I know. Yep, us too. <laughs> Unfortunately, we are. Yeah, well, not. We're here, but don't mm. want to be. <sighs> but you know, that's just our journey. Now. Yeah, but you know, it's always, and that's the other thing too, is New York's never going in. It's always going to be here and you'll be back at some point. You know what I mean? Like, I know, but life Robin, is long and. Every time we come back, one of my favorite restaurants is closed. It's really been messing with right? me. It's upsetting. It is so, it's terrible. I mean, it's like, you know, and of course with COVID, uh, yeah, like we're on the Upper West Side and things are just like, it, you know, it's like a full building will be empty, yeah. empty storefronts. You know when, like, the Banana Republic on the Upper West Side goes out of business? We're in trouble. Right. <laughs> oh, good God. Oh, my God. All hands on deck. Where are we going to get in the Ralph Lauren clothes, too? Where are we going to get our polos? <laughs> Shit. No, I feel like we've got a pretty good foundation. We do. We've had a real heart-to-heart with you, Rob. Why don't we take a break and when yes. we get back, we'll answer some listener advice questions. We'll be back. I love it. 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Dear listeners, Andy here doing the ad read again, and today we're talking about me undies. As the male half of couples therapy, I was asked to do this one because we're talking about boxers, which, and I hope I'm not breaking any confidences, Naomi does not wear. Now, if you're a podcast listener like me, you've heard plenty of ads for me undies, and frankly, I had always thought it's underwear. How special can it be? And then I tried them, and friends, it is like wearing magic. It is like wearing a dream. It is so soft, there is nothing earthly I can compare it to. I am embarrassed, absolutely embarrassed to say I'm middle-aged and just finding this out, but the material your underwear is made out of really does make a difference. I won't say where I usually get my boxers from, but for comparison, me undies are like wearing a cloud covered in angel's feathers, and the other ones I wear are like wearing a bear trap smothered in puke. MeUndies got style for everyone, from all black classics to fun expressive prints in sizes extra small to 4XL. And they use sustainably sourced materials and work with partners that actually care for their workers. Also, I gotta point this out, there is a particular technology that the folks at MeUndies would like me to discuss. Now, you know Naomi is sex negative and I am sex neutral, so I didn't want to have to say what this technology is, so I asked friend of the show, friend in real life, Mort Burke, to say the phrase. So, okay, here it goes. For any listeners with penises and testicles, I can say medical words, I can say medical words, you might be interested in me undies sophisticated contoured pouch and ball caddy. What's that again, Mort? They're incredibly comfortable contoured pouch and ball caddy. Wonderful. Thanks, buddy. Okay, soft underwear comes in all packages at MeUndies. So to get 20% off your first order plus free shipping, go to MeUndies.com slash therapy. That's MeUndies.com slash therapy for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. Can we take a minute and talk about Skims? Now, you know I'm a recent Skims convert, having tried their underwear in the last few months, and I am now living lifted, supported, changed. So I decided to keep trying new stuff. And let me tell you, Skims basics and foundations are where it's at. Yes, I recently got the soft, smoothing, seamless t-shirt. And y'all, it is so comfortable. It's been the perfect layer for me. I'm rocking it under a cardigan or a sweater when I want to keep it fitted and fabulous and not look all bulky. I mean, y'all know I'm back to work. Hashtag blessings. And I'm definitely that girl who is always cold in the office, okay? I need my layers, but I'm still trying to look put together. And the soft, smoothing, seamless shirt is helping me get it right. And I also got the boyfriend t-shirt in Heather Gray. And it is so friggin' soft and comfortable. And it's giving casual but intentional when I wear it with a pair of jeans. I'm feeling very good in it. So if you want to give these and other basics a try, shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small through 4X. Thank you for the range, Skims. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows. 
Again, that's skims.com. Go check out everything they've got in the new t-shirt shop. And we're back with Robin Lord Taylor. So nice. I say it thrice. All three <laughs> names. Now, Robin- there's another Robin Taylor in the union. Everyone, and this is my real middle name. It's my great grandmother's maiden name. Just letting you all know. I feel like I have to say it every time. I just want to say, we didn't say it. I didn't tell Wendy Williams this. I've, I've told everybody this. <laughs> I like it. It's got a good rhythm to it. And I think that, like, of course, yeah, you had to do it because of someone else. But also, it's like, it's a good one. You know what I mean? Like, it's good. It's like, I just feel like it's classic. It's classic. Yeah, it's British. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. It's, yeah, it, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, people, they write us. They send us DMs, honey. They DM us on Instagram. They DM us on Twitter. They send us emails on Gmail. They send us voicemails. And that is my favorite because you get to hear that crack in the voice, the quiver, the confusion. So please, yes. you guys, always call 323-524-7839. Okay. All right. Let's. This one. Uh, this first one's uh, a little bit short. So, okay. let's do it. Hello, Andy and Naomi, and beautiful illustrious guests. Uh, I'm calling in because I recently uh, broke up with my ex-boyfriend of two years, um, and originally was going to ask like, "Oh, how long should I wait to talk to him?" But like, eighty answered my question there, and I was like, well, "I guess I got to wait three years." <laughs> Um, uh, being now newly single, I guess my question is like, how do I go out and meet people in these streets? Um, because we're in a pandemic and I, I really don't know what I'm doing. Um, anyways, love the pod. Uh, yeah. Okay. I feel like this is a lot awkward than I thought it was going to be. All right, thank you. Bye bye. <laughs> uh, oh, I love that. No, uh, uh, so former, um, former guest AD Bryant said, uh, "After you break up with someone, you don't talk to them for three years." <laughs> yeah, that was three years. That's good advice. That is good advice. You know, especially yeah. It, well, I mean, I guess it's different for every relationship, but if it's like, if it's done, yeah, right, it's, right, right. Take, take, take your time. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, between the both of, between all three of us, we've been in relationships for now uh, 30 years. <laughs> so, obviously, we have a lot of good thoughts about this one. I You're right. I right. know. It's, it, it is hard. Like, you know, especially Omicron messed us up because we, people were like kind of getting back to being social a bit. And now you got to sort of be be extra careful again. And so... You know, when it comes to meeting people, I feel like we got to bring back the AIM, you know, like bring back ah. the chats, honey, like <laughs> yeah, totally. old school um, and sort of, I don't know, like we've had friends who said that they do, they've done um, Zoom dates with people where it's like, let's talk for. That's already having met someone. Where do you do the meeting? The where do you do the meeting? Yeah. Especially. I don't know where this person is. Did they say? No, they didn't say where they were. That was the I know because it's like, are you in a big city, or you in a, are you in a small town, fifteen minutes outside of Iowa State, or what is where that's what it was, Iowa State, okay. Iowa City, Iowa City, 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 yeah, the University of Iowa, yeah, yeah. Oh, if you're yeah, in yeah, Solon, University of Chewyville. So it's 
like you also, I feel like it's the apps as well, much as that's not fun. Yeah, maybe. Robin, let me ask you a question. Where did you meet people prior to... So prior to 2004, where well, were you that was a people? different time. But I'm just at, let's just let's let's extrapolate well, from there. <laughs> I I met people I met people in theater. I met people uh, in school, and then I met people at the gay bar. That was that was it. I you know I didn't ever had I you know I never had like a dating profile. Mm-hmm. Missed that boat completely. <laughs> um. So, but you know, again, I have friends who've had a lot of success with it. Uh, I've had friends who've had not a lot of success with it um but i would say i just for for me personally it's about like finding someone that you share interests or community or you know i know this sounds like maybe the dumbest advice ever but like you know like i i, I met dickie at a at a commercial at, at, at an audition you know so there was yeah. a connection there about our what we're what, where we're going what we're doing so i mean you know i don't know where this person works so if you know if that's not Right. You know, a place that, you know, you're going to meet anybody, then you got to find a hobby. You got to, you know, yeah. like you got to like, you know, and then, you know, if also if you find a hobby, you're going to find people who, you know, agree. There'll, there'll be rules in place on whether or not people are vaccinated or whether or not yes. people are going to be wearing masks. If you, you know, if you're like, if it's like whatever, like pottery or art class or something, you know, it's like then at least you're like in an environment that's somewhat controlled Mm -hmm. so that you, you know, so then you can, if, if we're worried about uh, Omicron or or the next COVID fucking thing, you know what I mean? Then there's some sort of like control. So that would be my advice, but yeah. What do I do? (laughs) How about archery? outside? (laughs) Archery's outside. It's freezing right now. That's the thing. I'm like, if you live in a cold place, I get it. You're going to do some, your indoor stuff. But then the other thing I will say, um, and I think we don't, do this as much or at least talk about doing it as much tell all your friends you're like if you know anybody cute and single let me know because also Mm -hmm. meeting people through friends is kind of that first step of vetting you know you at least have good taste in humans and you can sort of meet them also in a more casual like oh okay are you having a small vax group over for drinks great is he going to be there? And then you'd be like, okay, I'm going to go. Like, I think that's, don't be afraid to be like, I am out here looking for love. Right. It's the old way we used to do it. Isn't there, isn't there one of the dating apps where that's their thing is that it's all about sort of finding people through the algorithm that are tangentially yes. connected to you in real, I don't know which one I think it it's is. If it's, I think it's Hinge. Is it Hinge? Okay. Yeah. I thought it was Hinge. Yeah. Where it's like, but this, what you're just Describing is just the way hinge, like like the, you know the yeah the analog hinge. Exactly. You know, exactly. Yeah, you're now the, charging me ten dollars a month to. Does it charge? I don't know. Oh yeah, you know it's got to charge something. Yeah, how do they right. make money? Right. Yeah, they charge. Like, cause you, I think you charge me like yeah, like like maybe what like ten ish or more to be able to message people, right? So I think for free you can probably just look and see who's on there, like you know swiping. But if you wanted to actually communicate, you would have to pay. I don't know. Okay, Keith, I have to pay twelve dollars to fuck my friends' friends. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, honestly, that's horseshit. Honestly, you would spend so much more in the real world. You know, you'd have to go you get would. a meal, or gotta go to a drink, go to dinner. You gotta, yeah, <laughs> gotta look cute. Yes, totally. I have a yeah. great body name for an app like that. What do you want to call it? Nepotism. Ew. <laughs> I am just. So sorry. I am I'm just, so sorry. 
I am just, okay? That's all I can say. I am just. <laughs> so sorry for that one. I just could I not. It. it was in my head. And, and I, you had to get it, it out. Would not, my yeah. brain would not shut up until I said it. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, everything you said was, I agree with too, Robin. It's like, get your hobbies, get out and about. There are things you can now do safely, especially if you're boosted. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, don't start making out until you've both gotten a negative cocoa test. That's it. Three in a row. What, three negs in a row? Yeah. Or, that's a lot. Better yet, get involved with your local elections. Go volunteer for your local Democratic candidates. (laughs) Um, And, you know, and then that way, there's another whole way where actually, like, we need people doing that more than ever, especially Mm -hmm. on the grassroots local level, so that we don't have any fake fucking electors or any fucking shit going on like we need people to be out there doing that stuff and what a better way to meet somebody because then already you know that you have like ideologically you're you know you're aligned in some regard you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so anyway just thought i'd throw that in there get a little political (laughs) yeah yeah. or go direct action blow up a pipeline with some friends (laughs) maybe you'll meet someone maybe you'll meet someone through you know echo terrorism yeah another weather underground group Uh maybe some of you will get together this is this is this is uh uh, non-violent to humans okay okay but not to objects yep yep well that's why where i always say where andy's gonna he he's uh involved with dsa here in la and the immigration justice committee so he's always having like meetings and zooms and i was just acting so dumb last week and i was like are these really meetings to help immigrants or are you having Zoom sex with some little lady? Because when he's in his meetings, the door is closed and I don't bother him. You know, I was like, he's trying to save the world. Don't interrupt. Anything could be happening in there, Rob. <laughs> if you put your he, ear to the he door. Could be doing a, he could be pulling a tube in. Who exactly. Knows? If you put your ear to the door, you would hear us go like, so, uh, <laughs> should we meet in person uh, with masks yeah. or... Uh, Zoom again <laughs> next month, <laughs> and then long silences. That's what, <laughs> that's what you would hear. Uh, okay, Andy, you ready for another one? Andy, Naomi, and potential fabulous guest. First of all, I will not start off any conversation with Naomi this year without mentioning how fabulous and great your Netflix half hour was. Seriously, oh. amazing. Yay! We're so happy for you. You killed it. Not surprising to anyone. Okay, so my question is, how do I leave a group chat with my partner's whole family? Uh, It's kind of a wild group chat to be in, and I honestly really hate being in it, and I don't want to be in it. And he has two anti-vaxxers in his family who love to talk about how COVID is not real, even though it's January 2022, and it is definitely still here. Um, and so they just say ridiculous shit in this, in this group chat, politically and medically and universally. Um, is it rude of me to leave the group chat? Can I do that? Should I talk to my partner first? I don't know how to do this. Do you guys ever have things where you're like, I need to go do this shit with my crazy side of the family and Andy, I don't expect you to be a part of this and vice versa. Like, can I, can I have that out? I don't know. Dating someone with a wild family is wild. Thank you. <laughs> love you. Oh my gosh, I love them. I love Ooh, this. God, I, very I, I love them too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Well, first of all, I, I, we, you know, I think everyone kind of has experience with this, especially after 
after 2020 when it's like it became all about the text thread. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it, everything like moved kind of off of Facebook and then onto like all of these like bananas text <laughs> threads that we all have going. First of all, you can mute that shit. So like I would say the first thing you do is mute it so that you don't be get so she's not getting like notifications uh-huh. all day. And she has a little bit more control and whether she looks at it or not until she decides right. when and and if and when <laughs> she should get out right. you know what i mean Stop like getting texts that are like i got some ivermectin who wants it <laughs> and she should talk to her partner too about it just so he can triangulate because he's gonna be the one who has to answer for it because he yeah. can't it's his family he can't dip out really right unless he i mean he can too because well lots of ideas going on in my head but like he <laughs> you know like he he probably has to stay in that just you know because again it's his family but like he can have him say something like, you know, it just was getting too political. Like, just turn, you know, like, turn that right back around, you know, like, and, and say to them, like, it just wasn't, she, she's not interested. She's very busy with work, you know, like, just find some, you don't owe them a truthful excuse. You you know, like, you don't even owe them the truth. Like, you know, like, like whatever, you you know, whatever makes her life better and, and is her, you know, It's not her family. It's not her problem she needs to deal with, I don't think. But what about, though? I mean, especially, you know, you get you're with somebody long enough. And certainly if you actually, you know, get married or whatever. But like that family's there to stay, you know, and you end up getting, you know, you combine the world to the families, whether you want to or not. Like you can't you get to a point where you can't say like that's your family because it's like, well, you're my family now. So now, you know, transitive property. They're my family. And now I got to deal with their nonsense. But I still believe that you, your partner should have outs, meaning like there are times where I'm like, Andy, let me go do this with my mom and you can, you know, stay. And that's and quite honestly, I think half the time my mom loves it anyway, because she's like, it's just me and you like the old days. So it's just like, OK, so I don't think it's like that bad. But I know you definitely feel like you want me there for stuff with your family. Sure. Right. You're my shield. Well, you see, you see, <laughs> you are, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you're the uh, uh, anti-tank missiles. Okay, but I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not, to be to be totally fair. In the last couple of years, I have stopped using you as a shield. Well, there's been a pandemic, to, and we haven't been around them in person to deflect. And I, but I've been and I've been doing more of the emotional labor. But there was a point where, like, you were just more willing to kind of do the emotional labor. Mm-hmm. And there, uh, they were. Uh, there was a long time where they were more into you than me, anyway. <laughs> yes, uh, that's a, that's a thing. Well, yeah. that's the thing, though. It's like, and again, Andy's family. We don't have those that political issue. You know, the people who don't believe in science, but more like, you know how it is. If it's not your family, you're not triggered in the same way that your partner is, who's like, you know, been dealing with this shit since birth. I mean. You and Dickie, again, 18 years, my goodness. So you must have all this, you know, the family crossover. Oh, yeah. We have total family crossover. But thankfully, I love I love his family. Uh, he loves mine. Like, we, you know, and, and our families have met and they all get along fam- fabulously. Of course, there's some extended family members on both mm-hmm. sides that have, you know, alternative uh, points of view. It's a kind um, way of putting it. But, you know, <laughs> right? I, but... 
I don't know. The older I get, the more I'm like, I don't owe you shit. Yeah. And I don't, and you have not earned my respect. Mm -hmm. Like even like we can be related, but you, I don't know. I don't know you anything. Like if you're not my mom or my sister, then get the fuck away from me. Like I don't give a shit. Like, but, but you know, that's, I think that, that especially kind of hardened, that was also probably a hardening of like 2020 as well. And like just putting everything through this, like just, this crazy lens, like the way we view things now is just so different than it used to be. Uh, but I do have a really good, really good strategy. So like, if you do like see your partner's, you know, extended family, they like this, this person who called and they, you know, and they, they dip out of the, the chat or whatever. So you, you run into these people that what, like one or two family reunions a year right. or something. The best thing to do is just you just never stop moving through the party. <laughs> always look, always start cleaning things up and picking things up. And then, and then someone's like, Hey Robin, how are you? We haven't seen you in a while. Where have you been? And I was like, Oh my God, it's so great to see you. I am just going to go wash this. I, I have to go wash this. So I'll just be, I'll be right back. And then just never, never come back. Just circle, circle the party. If it's outside, even better than you can walk around the house yep. a bunch yep. of times, find the weed smokers, whether or not you smoke, just fucking hang out with them. You know, that's my strategy anyway. So shark in it. Shark. Yeah, shark totally. Always totally has to shark keep moving to stay yeah, alive. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. I, shark in it. I think you could also say too, caller, you could also say like, who's all going to be there? Okay, like when they're like working out, it's like, who's going to be there? Okay, nope, you got to count me out. Or in advance, we agree to put in 90 minutes. You know what I mean? Like you have to kind of go in. And then the minute you step through the threshold, you hit start <laughs> on, on your stopwatch or whatever on your phone. Yeah, but totally. you have to go in with a plan. And I think, yeah, I think it's easier to, with group chat, especially because, especially if there are a lot of parents, right? They may not even know you can mute. So you could just be like, there were so many messages, so I just had to get get out and just leave it at that. And then just, and also if you're not very active in the chat, they probably won't notice you're gone right away, right? Like, I don't know, I, I don't have group chats happening. I think they are aggressive. I think they're rude. I, I don't appreciate, again, not family group chats, but other chats where it's like, why are you giving people my phone number? It's nothing I hate <laughs> when like a friend starting a group chat and I'm like, I don't know these other people and now they got my number. It, that's totally true. It's like it's like they're ambushing you. If it were in real life, it's like a bunch of people, like disparate people coming yeah. around and like forcing you into a conversation. Yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. that's not Absolutely that's not, not cool. Absolutely not. So I'm like, um, maybe you can just be like mute like you can uh remove yourself without it being like a whole thing. Totally. And also like, you know, if we're talking about well, these family members who have alternate points of view, like, are they really interested in, like, anyone with, you know, a sane point of view on where we are right now with mm -hmm. science and truth and uh, democracy? <laughs> um, like, is the other side, do they really want to hear me talk about how I feel? Like, I don't think they do. They know exactly how, they, how I feel. Right. They just want, they just right. want to yell at me. It's like so. No, like sorry, you don't. Yeah, you don't get that opportunity. No, yeah, 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 exactly. And I think yeah, and it's. I think you're it's right to like tell your partner in advance. I don't think that you have to ask permission, but just be like, hey, I'm getting out the group chat. If anyone asks, just say it was too many messages. And then, if and if they don't understand that, then there's an issue with boundaries because again, it's you got to, you know, yes, there is crossover between the families, but ultimately, you know, yeah, it's. 
I got a. Everyone has their own family. Right. A good excuse. Okay. What's this? That sense? would satisfy yeah. the people with what you say alternative points of view. <laughs> I'm putting that in quotes. Yeah. There we go. Say you're getting your hands transplanted with guns. What are you saying, Andrew? So that way, that way they'll be like, oh, I approve of that. That's a great. Oh, oh yeah. my God, they're getting guns. Implanted into their into their hands. We and that have, way they can't text. I can't text anymore because now I've got gun hands. Good. How do you turn the phone on? Oh, you have gun hands. Let me. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Robin. Thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. Do you have a better excuse, Naomi? Uh, I can't text anymore. It gives me migraines. <laughs> Perfect. I love that. Or no, yeah, everyone's talking about like just use the like. I I need to cut back on my screen time, so I haven't been engaging in a lot of stuff right i'm just you know that's a perfect valid excuse and actually something that we should all be doing anyway. <laughs> mm. okay so a lot of key takeaways here with robin henny you need to be working in your local elections you need to cut down on your screen time and never go in the hot tub <laughs> on the roof on the roof think? of the park in 2004 <laughs> what do you think How, what percentage of that is uh, water 10 <laughs> percent Oh God. Oh my God. It's at least like, I mean, it's at least like, I would say 38% vodka soda. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's at least that. Absolutely. Just hot vodka. Hot. Yeah. Just... Right. Oh, that's, how, yeah. that's the exact and other, and other things. vodka, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, actually, that's the, that's the best thing in there. That's the, like, the most sanitary thing. There's nothing like a steaming hot cup of vodka. <laughs> After a long day. Mm, <laughs> Winter's night. Yum. Uh, Robin, what a delightful time this has been. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks so much. I, I, I love you both. And I just think you're so awesome. And, and the advice you give is always so fun and fresh. Oh and, my and again, Na- Naomi, your special is just fucking awesome. And it just, yeah, I, I so so happy to know you now. Oh my God, me too. Yeah. I just died. When I sent you that DM, I sent a formal DM to Robin asking him I, to come on the uh, show. And then he was like, I think you're so funny. And I was like, oh my God, I've arrived. Yes. Uh, I was like, Dickie, Dickie, I was on the boat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, This was wonderful. You guys, thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.